Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Cut the music, cut the music. There's a problem. A serious problem. I am uh, I'm not a fan, nor have I ever been. It's not a new thing. Of my smile. <laughs> I have tiny teeth. I'll admit it, I poor dental hygiene. Makes my chubby, cherubic cheeks squinch up. I can't even see my eyes in my pictures. I just... It reminds me of my father, and though I love my father, I've never liked his photos either. (laughs) And it's one thing to go through life and realize that in every photo, you must, you know, put on your best blue steel. You know? (laughs) Gotcha. Blue steel? What is that? Like from Zoolander. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, do a little pouty face. Not the duck face, no sucking in on the cheeks, but pouty face. No, that's... (laughs) You went straight up fish face right there, Mr. Spotlow. Wait a minute, you sure you don't have the the black lung? (laughs) (laughs) I've got the black lung, pup. (laughs) But anyway, it's one thing to go through life realizing that you're not going to have this glorious smile unless you get some sort of dental work done, which I don't have the money for, and I don't want to be out for a few days. That's one thing. But when you post photos on the Book of Faces, and when you're going through life and maybe life isn't all that great, maybe the bill's coming in higher than you expected, or... That song you've always loved just isn't cutting it anymore. Whatever it is in life. Maybe you're worried about war on the Korean Peninsula. I know it keeps us all up at night, doesn't it? So you're in one of those foul moods, a melancholy mood, and it's... And you just want to be left alone. You just want to be a, a, an Eeyore. You know, say it looks like rain, or I wish it would rain, to quote the temptations, and and then some woman, because it's usually a woman, because men don't do this to me, and I know it's usually the shoe on the other foot, but this is just Joey talking, this is Joey's life. Excuse me, pardon me. Okay. I'm not going to apologize for anything. Let it out, man. It's usually some woman comes up and says, smile, why are you so sad? Or when I post the photo on the Book of Faces, smile. So, I think it's gone too far. With the Gillette ad, with the American Psychological Association, all this crap that 
I'm I'm not womanly enough. I have longer hair than most women in Montgomery, but, you know, you're not enough of a sensitive person. So you know what? I'm going to let James Brown do the talking for me. Ready? Fellas, things I've got too far gone. That's right. We got to let the girls know what they got to do for us. Yeah, James. Right on. This one got to be a drag, man. A man can't do nothing no more. (laughs) Sing it. It's really a drag. It is. You got to do something. Can I tell him? Girl, let me tell you what you got to do. TC be so mellow, nobody can get through. When he asks you, do you love him? Smile and kiss his cheek. Walk away and twist your hip. Make sure you keep. Ladies, you better listen to James. Don't let nobody take care of your business. And really, the only point I have here is, you know, don't tell me to smile when I don't feel like smiling. Though, if that's the biggest beef I have. Why you tell that bad? Yeah. You know what you tell him? I smile when you make me happy. Oh, wow. <laughs> See, but Seth nobody. That's a, that's a nice line, but nobody can make you happy. Mm. You know what I mean. Oh, yeah. You got to make yourself happy. Oh, yeah. And in fact, that's what a lot of furloughed or out of work for the time being during the partial government shutdown, federal <laughs> employees are doing. Maybe. They're figuring out ways to make themselves happy. So welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. If you think I'm actually upset about people telling to smile when I uh, don't want to, well, not really. It is a little annoying, though. Mostly soccer moms come up to you. Like, yeah, oh, right. And I appreciate the, the kind words, but I've always heard that beef. From women. That all these guys are like, why don't you smile? And I could see how it's annoying because it's happened to me. I'm not making that up. Yeah. But it's not the end of the world. My God. I know what you're saying. I feel you. Okay. Personally, about your looks, I'm uh, a bad looking dude. If you were taller, then your head would be tinier. And I mean, you're proportioned, I believe. You know. Well, thank you. Yeah, I think you're proportioned. If you were taller and with your head the same size. Well, in some ways, I'm disproportionate. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's we're, a lie. We're not going to go to there. That's a lie. That's a, that's no. a big old lie. But no. I feel your pain. No, but here's the thing. In all the serious conversations that are going on out there, the so-called battle of the sexes is raging. But, folks, you can go back in American society to the early 1900s, especially when, you know, the middle class as we know it after the late 1800s is created. And so there's a lot more consumer products, a lot more media. This argument over the role of men and women in society has been going on forever. I remember the book when I was a kid that was always cited. And then there was a board game. Uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. That sort of crap. Oh, you mean like reading Cosmo mm-hmm. today? Hey, now they got the new movie. What is it? What men want? Right. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I think that's. I thought about you, Brandon. Wait, I think that's going to be crappy. No. So the original movie is what women, women want, want with Mel Gibson. Yeah. It's actually a pretty funny movie. Yeah. But but, but they remade it. And wait, they they're going to remake that movie, but with a woman who can hear what men no, are thinking. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Not any woman. Uh huh. Not, not any woman. What woman? They're going to get Miss Taraji P Henson. Yeah, looks very good. She's on, a boss, man. Uh, oh, yeah, on Empire. But on this one, she's just a worker bee that somehow slips, hits yeah, her head. She's got that boss energy. I don't even care if she's playing the role of a worker bee. She's, wait, but even if it's her, 
Like, do you think women are actually ready to hear what goes on in our no. heads? No. God, no. <laughs> be a bunch of women walking because around crying. Because I'm disgusted <laughs> with some things I think of. And, 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 and a lot of times, it's just passing thoughts. It's just things that you think in the moment. Right. And be like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't say that out loud. Right. All the time. Like half of my thoughts. Uh, oh, <laughs> dude, dude. And especially where I work at, if if a young lady walks in that looks, yeah. It's like 12 guys on her, and I'm just in the back of my head like, yep, glad I didn't open my mouth. Let me go back to my my, my little corner over here. So they're going to make a to movie out of this. Is it going to be rated NC-17? It, it needs to be. It, it needs to be. Even the little kids in that movie. Yeah, that's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're ready but, but for that. You, but you know what's funny? Dave Chappelle did a skit like that. <laughs> Do you remember? He did it. He was like, because women wouldn't want to hear what guys think. And then we did it. And, you know, it, they're all in the elevator, and she's looking at the guys, and she's disgusted. And then she looks at the sweet, innocent little boy, and he talks about, I wish I could motor both those. And oh, she's just no. like, she's just sitting there horrified, like, what? Right. Did he actually think that? Exactly. You know, and guys are disgusting. Now, I've learned as I've gotten older, women can also be very disgusting. It's almost they're, like... They're just a little more discreet about it. Because, that. you know, I've spent a lot of the week talking about the differences between men and women. And they're clear. Yeah, of course. And, you know, we can get into some stupid, pretentious argument. Or is it? Is that... Are the differences between the genders socially constructed? It's just your opinion and his opinion and my opinion and everybody's well, opinions well, together that reinforces these cultural norms? Or is there some basis in... Good Lord. There, there just are differences. Well, and we can work on maybe how certain people behave. Fine. Well, I, but, I, I, I go back to one of my favorite movies, Kindergarten Cop. Yes. Where the kid got up and explained... The difference. If you know what I'm talking about, go watch that movie. Okay, and he, he knows the difference. He explains the difference between boys and girls in two seconds. Nice. Okay. But here's the thing I've been focusing on the differences all week. But honestly, men and women, despite those differences, and they matter, it's more like 80% of we're all we're very similar. We're obviously all human beings. Mm. And so I hear stuff, especially in the culture war commentary, and I'm happy to engage in it. Like I said, I did it all week. But here, there's a war on men. There's a war on women. And also, all sorts of other identity groups. There's wars on all sorts of types of people. And I tend to think, though, and this is not unique, it's not new, mm -hmm. but I think there's a war on independent individual thinking and lifestyles. I think we often and too often get caught up in oh, they said that about men. Are they saying that about me? They said that about women. Are they saying that about me? Well, and I, I, I everybody tends to do the us and them thinking. Everybody, myself included. But I think there is something to be said about getting to know individual people and working on their problems. Because when I hear, I'll give an example. When I hear these discussions like, you know, this is what women think, this is what men think, I'm like, I've known a lot of men and women. That's not, there are some basic things, I'll admit. But for the most part, they're pretty unique individual people. And there are problems 
with men and women, but they're usually fairly unique to individual people. So I'm not going to try to save the world. I can't save the world. I can't fix all men. I can't fix all women. I can't give the have-nots everything they want. I can't take all the money from the haves. I can't do all these things like these groups we set up. What I can do is I can focus on the people around me, get to know them. If they have something I see they're doing that's maybe wrong, I might suggest, hey, why are you doing that? I'm not going to chastise them. I'm not going to cut them out of my life. It's usually not effective. Unless they're my child. I'm not going to cut them out of my life, but... <laughs> I'll chastise the hell out of them because that's what parents do. Yeah. But it just seems to me that we get so caught up in these uh, identity politics. And usually people associate identity politics with the left, and that's well, it's because they own it in many ways. But there's identity politics that goes on on the right, too. I mean, it's there's identity politics that goes on with libertarians. We talk about, oh, we liberty lovers against you statist. There's... Always, by the way, in American politics, this almost like bootlicking to the middle class when they don't actually serve the middle class. Both parties. Like, we serve the middle class. No, we do. And it's like, okay. And what I really am focused on these days, especially in the culture wars, is how do I make myself better? My new motto for this year is if it's causing me anxiety, if it's something that's maybe causing me a little bit of pain, I'm not talking about somebody, you know, like, torturing me. That's not... It's a little more complicated than that. But if it's something in particular that I'm a little scared of, again, anxious about, don't run away from it. Run towards it. Full force, man. Full, Full force. force. Run towards the thing that you don't really like, but you know you should do. Because that first step is the hardest, but that is the one you don't want to regret not taking. Right. So it might, and it's usually the how I find myself, like, I need to read more. And I'll start to read a book, and I'll get bored. But if I push through, especially if it's fiction, it'll usually catch my attention. And I'll feel better being in the middle of the book and then finishing it. I just started uh, true weight training this mm-hmm. morning. When I woke up this morning, I did not want to go. When I'm in the middle of it, I feel like I'm about to pass out. And it isn't even that difficult. I'm embarrassed. It's like, no, push through. This is just the beginning. Feel free to feel the pain, feel the social shame, and just get at it. Run towards it. Doesn't mean you'll succeed, but go for it. At least you tried. Yes. And don't give a damn what people are saying about you as a man or you as a libertarian or you as a fan of Prince. I don't know. I've gotten that crap in my life, too. And I've ranted about this on air before. But after that little weirdo died, (laughs) all these people came out of the woodwork. Oh, he was a genius. He was so great. Yeah, I listened to his stuff all the time. Like, where were you? Exactly. For 10 years. Well, well, these Johnny come lately. Little weirdo. That's so funny. Well, he was. He was a genius little weirdo. A talented little weirdo. But he was weird. weird. Yeah. He was. I know about and I weird. loved him for it. But, yeah, it's just the the back and forth right now in the culture wars just has me shaking my head. And, again, I'm happy to go, yeah, they went too far with that one. This, I went too far with that one. But my focus is on myself and the people around me. Hmm. And I think we get in trouble when we create these big, broad categories and stereotypes. And especially when we sometimes 
have that stereotype in mind, and then we apply it to people, and wrongfully so. Well, I I go back to Lewis Black, who said this. The mistake that most people make, and it usually happens around college, is thinking that your opinion matters. (laughs) (laughs) I love Lewis Black. It matters in the sense that it matters to you. No. It doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Like, it's going to change the world. Well, I think it, what you think, the story you tell yourself every morning and throughout the day, does matter a hell of a lot. It will well, give well, you but at, direction. Like I was saying, at the same time, you know, most people's opinions are just their own until you get a thousand people that share right. your opinion. So well, now your opinion And is that's important. our social media age. There's power in that. Ooh. And the numbers. Look yeah. at all these people all at once reacting in the same way as, as me. I'm so special because I'm part of this huge group. I'm so not <laughs> alone anymore. I'm so special because I'm so the same. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting thing going on these days. And I get it. There's a, there is, I think, a human longing... To belong. To be a part of something. Yes. And I, especially something bigger than you that you don't quite understand, but it feels good and it feels important. And I'm, I'm not immune to that. Like, I, a great ex- example is go to an Auburn football game. That moment before the kickoff where the eagle circles around the crowd. You don't even have to be an Auburn fan. And there's something about Tens of thousands of people in one place, all looking at the same thing. And this happens in football stadiums around the country. It happens at EDM concerts and rock concerts and even symphony orchestra performances. But especially that Jordan-Hare Stadium, when that eagle starts flying around the crowd, even if Auburn sucks that year, it, it sucks you in. You're like, okay, and it it doesn't even have to be something that profound. It's just like, that's cool. And you become kind of part of this body of other people. I'm I'm starting to realize that just like they say that music is the universal language between people, like down here, it's just college football. Like, you relate it to everything. Oh, yeah, college football is pervasive. No, I did have a teacher at Auburn where I, uh, I think I might have told this story, but I... I did the assignment, our first ever assignment, incorrectly. We were supposed to compare like a scholarly scholarly article to an editorial. I compared two editorials. So he did this whole thing, which is always awesome when you're a young student. Um, When I hand you back your paper with your grade, you can leave. We're not having class today. Happy Friday. And he skipped me at my table. I was in the front table. Until everybody has left the room. It's just me. And Marvin, Mr. Petrucci. And he goes, yeah, you know, you did the assignment wrong. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, you're supposed to compare these and you compared these. I'm like, oh, crap, I'm so sorry. So just, instead, instead of berating you in front of everybody. No, and he goes, but you write so damn well, I'm giving you a B plus. And I'm, the reason I'm telling this story isn't to toot my own horn. I mean, that's part of it. <laughs> but... He said, you know, you write a hell of a lot better than those girls in the back of the class. And then he goes on to say, you know, this really isn't a liberal arts school. Even though you're in the liberal arts college of Auburn University, this school is about football. This is a football school, a money-making machine. Now, there are, don't get me wrong, great colleges within Auburn, like pharmacy and nursing and 
architecture and industrial design and aerospace engineering, all sorts of great stuff you can do at Auburn. But when you're going for English and philosophy and politics, you may want to look elsewhere. Unless you're, you know, just trying to get the easiest degree so you can have a lot of fun. That also happens. Of course, of course. But yeah, it's a football state. Football is sort of the dominant common culture around here. At college football in particular. In particular. Yeah, not the NFL. And, and yeah, it's just what I grew up with. Now, I've Oh, it's learned. not just you. It's, it's a lot of people. Oh, yeah. It's everywhere around here. I think it's why the Southeast is so dominant in it. Because you have a whole culture supporting, like, you know, calling up Feinbaum. Hey, Paul. Like, yeah, and, you know. And, and you know what? Mentioning that, I find it very funny. Like, this week, I've been listening to ESPN Radio because I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, college football is over with. You know, the only thing that's going on is the NFL playoffs. They're going to talk about. They talked about the NFL playoffs for a minute and a half. Yeah. They won. They lost. Okay, let's talk about what Saban's going to do. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Yeah. How is he going to replace his staff? Right. I mean, what is he going to do next year? And I'm just like, you can't be serious. Yep. That's how it is around here. I mean, and that's just how it is. Like, I don't really want to change it, but it's, again... What it is, how it is. People love college football around here. No I've never been to an Auburn game. Really? Never been to an Auburn you game. Have, the thing I described, you have to try it. But I see it at concerts. Yes. Because I've been to rock concerts around here since 98, 99. But I, I love it, too, because it, I actually experienced it with uh, when I went to WWE, SmackDown, yeah. in Birmingham. I love it because we usually, and, and historically, people... Birds of a feather flock together. For like, homophily is the fancy pants word for it. People that look similar, have similar backgrounds, tend to associate with one another. And that's the rule in human history for the most part. There have been some exceptions. And you see it at things like football games, at like wrestling events, like concerts. And also what's supposed to be the ideal of this country. It, and it hasn't always worked out that way, but it's supposed to be the ideal. Is that you connect people with with an ideal. You connect people with an idea. You connect people with something, whether it's art or sport. And it transcends those sort of... Cultural lines. Yeah, those usual identifiers that we tend to gravitate towards when nothing else is around. Of course. And that's those are the moments I really adore. Uh, the moments I really love. When you are connected to something that's beyond the fight and the us and them... And you're surprised even by the person next to you. Like, wait, you like this too? Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, those are the moments I really love. And in a way, they can help make you happy. But again, only you can make you happy. Well, another exception. Somebody has been sending me photos of sleeping cats. This person will remain anonymous. But this cat is adorable. I tend to think. Little cats, big dogs, because a dog under 50 pounds is a cat. That's not a dog. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I digress. What about puppies? Puppies are amazing. So if you've got a little puppy in your life now, like Eddie Baker with the Goodson Group does, he just got a new, brand new puppy. I think Dixie is the yeah. dog's name. Oh, so cute. So, so cute. Or you've got a brand new kitten. I saw a video of one kind of trying to be... Bold, trying to be aggressive and courageous, but then it was backing up. Here, no. 
They really do enrich our lives. Everybody's a pet owner knows this, and this is why Teresa over at Four Healthy Pets started Four Healthy Pets. It's on the Atlanta Highway, the Village East Shopping Center. She can get you whatever high-quality, all-natural type of food you need that she and you think will go best for your pet. She has those everyday meals. And seriously, these brands are responsibly sourced. They are mostly from the United States. I mean, you can get grain-free or you can get all-natural. I mean, it really works out well. You can even get raw treats that are kind of freeze-dried where it's like jerky. And you can also get the, the chicken crack, the chicken jerky. So so does she serve like the uh, chicken log like they have at Walmart for your pet? No, none of those. Ad- it's not, no, we're not giving Slim Jims to our pets. Certainly not at four healthy pets. Organic blueberry doggy treats that look like Teddy Grahams that so we good. can eat. They're so good. That, 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 that's what I'm saying. That sounds like a snack I need to be eating. No, I tried it. It's great. So the products there over at 4 Healthy Pets are second to none. She goes the extra mile, Teresa does over at 4 Healthy Pets, to make sure they're high quality, all natural, and will be healthy so your pet is happy and you're happy. But on top of all that, when you go buy 4 Healthy Pets, it's really like family and friends hour. It's like what the cheer song, everybody knows your name. She's so nice. She's so nice. When I was over there, everybody came in. She's like, oh, hi, Susie. Hi, Bob. And she'll even, if you set up a payment plan, essentially, and say, hey, I'm coming by to pick up that food, she'll meet you outside so you don't even have to get out of the car. They also have grooming services, so many things going on at 4 Healthy Pets. So stop by 4 Healthy Pets on the Atlanta Highway at the Village East Shopping Center or check them out online. Learn more about their services and what sort of products they carry. That is fourhealthypetsonline.com. F-O-R healthypetsonline.com. And tell Teresa Joey said hi. Aww. It's so sweet. Better than cheers. You know, everybody knows your name. She knows your name <laughs> and your pet's <laughs> name. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, before we hit this break, let's see who's on the phone, shall we? News talk here on there. Who's this? Hi, Debbie. Oh, How hello. It's been a while, Debbie. I know it. It's been too long. I have to get you off. But don't you dare. I you don't, don't, I, I hear you about to do it. Don't you dare tell me to smile. <laughs> oh, come on. No, no, no. Please. You're, okay. you're harassing me. You're oppressing me. I, I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you something that will put a smile on your face. Okay. That they're going to I'll allow. they're going to have okay. <laughs> they're going to have a Woodstock revival. I think it's August 2020. Wait, is this going to be like new bands or geriatric? Geriatric. Oh, God, I hope it's new ones. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want new ones. I'm not knocking them. Kiss or geriatric. Kiss is great. The Rolling Stones are still great in concert. I'm well, them. I've heard several really good ones. They don't have many original members left, but they still play the old music, and they're awesome. Uh, Aerosmith, I think, had uh, a new go- a new group coming out with their name, and you know, really? Death Leopards. I thought I Joe Perry so. and Steven Tyler and Whitford and all those guys were still alive and kicking. Joey Kramer, I believe, is the drummer. Yeah, Joe Kramer. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, maybe it's still them. But um, yeah, I've, I've heard a few that are still hanging in there and doing pretty well. So who knows? It is amazing. We're up on the 50th anniversary of not only Woodstock but the year the Earth stood still, 1969. Oh. One of my favorite years. Let's see. They it's amazing. Woodstock '94. Uh-huh. And that was that was a horrible, terrible thing. The music was good, oh, no. but it just ended up being bad. Like rain, a little bit of rain, but not enough, and enough to make mud everywhere. So right. it's like mud stock, you know. And then they did Woodstock '99, 
and that um, that didn't go over too well either. Mm. So hopefully this one will be, be better. I don't think they're going to have as many new bands, but they're going to try to bring as many old ones well, as they and can. And also 69 marks the 50th anniversary of the Apollo program, going to the moon. It It's also kind of a rebound. 68 was such a, I mean, all the assassinations and the political mayhem in 68. A lot of great things happened in 1969. I, I plan on kind of covering the music of that year, covering the Apollo program with, with some friends here in studio. Okay. And I going back, you know, long before I was born, but it's still a year, I think, that dominates the culture in terms of what, whether it's the arts or music or it's, you know, we went to the moon. Changed everything, thing. man. It really did. There's so much technology that's occurred, so many wonderful, awesome things that's happened since I was born to now. You know, I've, I've been around a little bit, but um, I just look back and I'm amazed at how different a world has become. But you hit on something that I definitely can agree with. When you're saying that most people want to find something to belong to, they want to feel connected yeah. somehow. Right. I totally agree. And we used to have all kinds of outlets just for that. You know, Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts and uh, church affairs and clubs of all kinds. Uh, church affairs. Uh, well, you know what? <laughs> I didn't mean it like, come on now, Joey. Behave. Just <laughs> I'm phrasing. I'm you out back here. <laughs> phrasing, Debbie, phrasing. Times have changed. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But you get what I'm saying, though. But we had so many different things yeah. that we could belong to. And what I love is we'd all get up and say the Pledge of Allegiance in a class, you know. We belonged to each other. We were of the same country. And that little five seconds in the morning took a little longer, but you get it. Yeah. It, it just kind of had a... Right. And it just kind of had a cohesiveness it's like okay we're all in one group here we're all belonging to the same country this is really pretty cool and then you had you know the national anthem of course everybody wants to boohoo it but it was the same effect it's just it's all disappearing it's almost as if by by design Let's separate everybody. See, but Let's here's what I would suggest, because I think there's an element of what you're saying that's absolutely right. There's fascinating scholarship. Uh, you've probably heard of it before, folks, is bowling alone. Uh, this one scholar sort of tracked how everybody, a lot of people at least, used to be part of bowling clubs. And like my grandfather still goes at 83 years old. I think he's still got above a 200 average. Oh, kind of like that. But what's happened is bowling clubs, but all sorts of other associations like you laid out, including church affairs, uh, they (laughs) are way on the decline. And so I don't know if we can necessarily rally around like the symbols of the country in order to find that togetherness. I think it's actually something that we should work on in terms of civil society, like private associations, different clubs we can join. And they might very well make a comeback. I think they can. We have the we have the means. We have the ability. They need to. We have the technology. Yes, we do. Yeah. Um, I think, well, I'm sorry. I think another thing that you're hitting on is we're staying inside too much. Yeah. And we're becoming reclusive because we have that little gadget in front of our face. We don't have to go anywhere anymore. Well, I'm guilty as charged. That's what I'm trying to work on. I Honestly, I think I've developed a slight case of agoraphobia. Like, I, if I go outside my normal routine of mm-hmm. go to work, 
go home, go to work, go home, maybe stop at the grocery store real quick, go home, go to work. And it's just this constant routine. Then maybe see my grandfather on the weekend, then go back home. And right. I get outside, of, like when I went and worked out this morning, I had not done that in 10 years. And it wasn't really? necessarily the prospect of I'm going to be tired and I'm not going to be as strong as I'd like to be. It was more, oh, are there going to be people there I don't know? And it's this weird oh, wow. anxiety, but you got to push through it. And you got to connect right. with people and network. It's just all a fascinating piece about how introverts can network. And it is possible, right. though it's tough. I, I think you're right. It's too easy with modern luxuries uh, to right. get caught up in your own thing and not sort of be engaged with other people. Well, Way to go on doing that, by the way. Well, well thank you. Well, yeah. well it, it's basically being engaged with other people at the wrong time because I see it all the time like hmm. I'll drive up next to a per just a random person on the road and just drive up next to them and phone right in their face yep cruise control uh, on and phone well, and right even in their people face. who are together looking at their phones I do it my friends oh, do oh, it yeah. at, at restaurants at yeah. call them out they'll put them down no, they won't. <laughs> yeah, they will. I do it all the time. I, no, but I'm doing it, too. So <laughs> I'm not going to call myself. I love that commercial where the grandma and grandpa are holding a basket and the grandkids and the children are coming in having to unload all the phones, the tablets, their oh, things yeah. going into oh, the yeah. basket as they walk in. And I thought to myself, yeah, that's, that's the idea right there. Because I don't let it happen in my house. And, you know, personally, when, you are, when you're having a meal, especially... I cook it. I spend an hour in front of that stove. By Georgia, you're going to look at me and talk to me while we eat. <laughs> Amen. I mean, well, Debbie, I'm sorry. <laughs> you keep fighting the good fight. I appreciate you listening and calling me. Oh, uh, it's been fun. Thank you for letting me just have a little word out there for you. But Thank you, uh, you're doing great. I love what the topic is tonight, and I totally agree with you. Well, bye bye. Thank you. That made you smile. Yeah, but was it a force? Uh, you know, that was not a force smile. Well, coming back, I've buried the lead way too long. We're going to be talking about how federal employees who are out of work during this partial government su shutdown are uh, making themselves happy. Gotcha. Probably not <laughs> that healthy, but let's just talk about it on the other side of this break. Joey Clark. Yes, the nincompoopery is strong still on social media and the halls of Congress today. Even the ding-dongery are strong in the halls of Congress. Doesn't seem like they can get along at all. And there's that weasel Michael Cohen. My goodness. Is that him right there? Yeah, that's Michael Cohen. And he sounds just not quite like Buddy Sanders. He's more deep and... He Island. 
Yeah, he's a dirty, dirty dude. Well, Depends on, it makes you wonder how much of the dirty stuff he did did he actually do for Trump, and now how much is he making up to save his own butt? Well, he's probably making it up because he's going to write a book about this yep. and become New York New York Times top five bestseller. No, but did you see that he paid this firm to uh, <laughs> rig polls rig polls in Trump's favor online unsuccessfully? He paid them over ten grand. And they unsuccessfully rigged online polls, which everybody does. I mean, that's the nature of online polls. You don't really get to choose your sample set very well. And that also, but this is the kicker. I don't. I think Seth's giggling because he's heard this. Brandon, that guy on television right now had this firm set up a Twitter account called Women for Michael Cohen. Can I find it? I think I can find it. This is too good. Everybody needs a hype man. <laughs> Women for Michael Cohen. Let's see. Uh, hmm. Yeah, Red Finch Solutions is the name of the firm. Are you serious? Um, and he paid them like thirteen grand. It's unreal. That's come on, Wall Street Journal. Okay, eleven tweets from the fake fan account Stud. Michael Cohen paid to fawn <laughs> over him. Oh my goodness! So he paid thirteen grand. Yes, for wow. a Twitter account, and it is women for Cohen. <laughs> okay, it says you look even more sexy, but the closest doppelganger for sure. And they're claiming Michael Cohen is a doppelganger. His doppelganger is Andy Garcia. No, the actor. No, no, no. You're nowhere near a Michael Cohen. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> look at these selfies. Oh, oh my goodness. Horrible. It looks wow. like the dude from the Boston bombing. No wonder. <laughs> yeah, I know. No wonder Donald Trump chose Michael Cohen as his right hand man. He's charming, intelligent, and handsome. Again, folks, Cohen paid somebody to say these things on Twitter, pretending yeah, pretending to be women for Cohen. So that's him right now. This is it's so comical. If it wasn't so sad, it's incredibly comical. What is going on in our nation's capital right now? I mean, the the back and forth petty fights with Pelosi and Trump. It's just like him canceling her plane an hour before they're supposed to take off. Her going, well, I don't think we should really have the State of the Union. This, oh my goodness. Well, well, this is the, the crazy thing. <laughs> the crazy thing is, it was not this much crap when Obama had to go through this. No, no. Well, the, when it was the Republicans versus Obama, it, it just okay. That's what it is. That's what it is. No, and that's what it, they. I mean, the Republicans got the blame. And but really, they were just playing normal political hardball. Oh, like, of course. We want you to cut the budget some, and that's they ended up making a deal. We've shut down the government in the modern era thirty, forty something times, and that's usually how it worked. Exactly. Happened under Reagan, happened under Clinton with the Gingrich House of Representatives and the Republicans. Happened during W's time when the Democrats took power back over. Shutdowns have always happened, but it only lasts for like a week or a few days, and they finally work out a deal. This is this feels different. You, you, you Whole know, new level, man. What, what, wait a minute, but, <laughs> I kind of love it. What, wait, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute, but, but, but you know what? I think it's because it's almost tax time. Yeah, that's so fine. everybody everybody wants their returns. <laughs> like, yeah, give me that. This is a whole new level, well, and it's making me want to learn. But then here's <laughs> what takes it to a whole other level. Okay. Curious as to how furloughed workers are fulfilling their time since December? Well, (laughs) 
reports WJLA out of Washington, D.C. It's a legit news site. Well, apparently, they're at home (laughs) watching porn. According to data gathered by the analytics team at Pornhub... Wow. The Internet's largest pornography site, online traffic from the D.C. metro area domains increased 6.32% overall the week of January the 7th through the 11th, as compared to pre-shutdown averages. Pornhub statisticians? Statisticians. I think it's statisticians. Statisticians. Noted not only an increase in visits to the site, but also a distinct shift in the hours during which people are watching porn. This is from Pornhub. When compared to traffic levels prior to the shutdown, weekday visits across the United States were up 5.94%. Wow. What time? Let's see. Pornhub's peak traffic period across the U.S. is typically between the hours of 10 p.m. to midnight. That makes sense. You're going to bed. Yeah. You're lonely. You don't have somebody there with you. You have to go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, right. well, well, yeah. E- either that or you don't feel like talking afterwards. So. <laughs> right, that sort of thing. But after the shutdown began back in December. I'm saying noon to two. Late night traffic increased above average, while early morning traffic on the website between the hours of 9 a.m. and 10 a.m. had the smallest change. In the district, the result with the traffic after midnight were up nearly 12% and early morning traffic down from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Female viewership in the district increased by 12%. (laughs) Wow! You you know what? But here's my question. How would they know that? Because... And see, that's why I will never own a smart TV. Well, they yeah, they can track in IP addresses. I'm sure some people have accounts, so they know that. Yeah, it's amazing how much information we give to websites. I wonder how many of the statisticians you're talking about were also the guys that were for his <laughs> Twitter feed. <laughs> wait, wait, I just I did I didn't see this until now. This is from the article, <laughs> the local news source in Washington D.C., folks. Average visit time during the week increased by 33 seconds. <laughs> and the average visit time is 10 minutes. So 10 minutes and 33 seconds. 10 minutes and they're done. Wow. Wow. Hey. Gotta love that. I mean, I guess the federal workers gotta pass the day away and say, hey, How else are you gonna hey. wake up when you ain't gotta go to work? And, and you know what you know what's crazy? I'm Same looking, way you went to sleep. I'm looking at this photo of Cohen, man. He's he's a ladies' man. <laughs> <laughs> See him out there, man? <laughs> I mean, they just no, can't get enough of it. Again, let's share another tweet from Women for Cohen. Okay. Look at that stud, Michael Cohen. Great to see you in between two beautiful ladies. This guy paid for this crap to be. <laughs> this is the guy apparently who's going to be not the good-looking women. No, and this is the guy. They're not. They're average-looking women. But wait, who are? Is that? Is that Diamond and Silk? <laughs> yeah, Diamond and Silk are the two kind of middle-aged black women who have been really stumping for Trump. They're hilarious. They're all awesome. really good. Yeah, I think that is them. I recognize her hair. (laughs) (laughs) Best looking men award goes to, uh, and it's a picture of Code and Trump together. Oh, it's so gross. You know what? I need his phone number because Ville paid $13,000 for that. 
Yeah. I can at least Joey, get... I could do it for you for free. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Women for Joey Clark. Yeah. yeah. All soccer moms. He all smiles in every pick. Oh, God. No, I don't. Don't you start that room. You know, <laughs> hey, 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 you know what? I think women don't realize guys do that as a conversation starter because we don't know what else to say yeah, to you. I think so that's part of it's it. like, uh, come on, smile, and it invokes a reaction. But that's a really kinda, stupid conversation. Of course, starter. of course. But I mean, a lot of guys do it because guys at my job will say that to the same girl every day, mm-hmm. and it's like, dude, it's six a.m. Yeah. You think she's supposed to just come in with a permanent smile because she sees you? No, it's weird looking. Uh-huh. Exactly. You see me, you better be smiling because I'm funny. <laughs> I kind of, I, you know when I know that I, I've got the in? That a, a girl likes me? How? She refers to me as an ass. Or Eeyore? No, not Eeyore. <laughs> no, and I'm not saying she calls me an a-hole. She's not referring to me as a jerk. She thinks I'm an ass, that I'm a fool, oh. that you're so stupid. I know I'm in. No, 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 no. I got, yeah. I got, I got a better one. Whenever you get on a phone conversation, and you, you and the female could be friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. If every other word coming out her mouth, hey, big head, where you been, big head? Big head. Oh my god, what you doing, big head? That you is big like head a lot, don't well, you? Well, you get a nickname. <laughs> yeah. Sort of. She starts giving you a hard time, <laughs> and that's when it's time. Hope it's not an ironic nickname. It is. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just Play interesting. Fighting. Like, there's been all this uh, hullabaloo over the Gillette ad. Have, did you finally see it? No. No, no. I, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen it either. What? What is this? I think the, the main, from what I've read, the long and short of it is... They're saying boys will be boys isn't good enough. We have to do better. And apparently there's one like moment where this fine woman walks across these two guys, kind of just hanging out on the street. And it's like a city setting. So people are all over the place. And one of the guys goes to like move and talk to her. And one of his, his bro like holds him back. Like, no, man, don't do it. That's harassment. <laughs> oh, what, oh. What, 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 wait a, wait a it minute! It ruins me. What? what? That's, ruined. That's all I got. <laughs> to, to me, but but you, but you know what? To me, it's no worse than the Pepsi commercial of yep. of uh, what's the name? What is her name? Ariana Grande? No, no, no. no. Kesha? Uh, no. No. I know the commercial the you're Carda- talking about. One of the Kardashians. Oh, uh, Chloe, right? It's the youngest one. Mm, I don't, Courtney. Man, you why do I know of, these names? It makes yeah. me think of. <laughs> I hate myself now. Two little kids, two little boys. Okay, and they're walking, and a little girl walks by, and one of the little boys runs over there and pushes her down. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's well, just wrong. Well, no, so that's, that's that's an example of male patriarchal violence but against he's the woman. Seven, <laughs> and, and it's, it's uh, Kylie. Kylie. Okay, yes. I remember the Pepsi commercial. Yeah, yeah. Where she, she took a Pepsi from the cop and then took a swig of it. And gave it to the protester. Yeah. And, oh, and I saw what Pepsi was trying to do, but it was just panned. And no, uh, and it was just the most horrible moment, and you chose the most right. uh, unpolitical well, I person s- to I try to make that happen. I see what they were trying to do. It's like we can come together because we all love Pepsi, I guess. Yeah, I guess. But here's the thing. I think a lot of the reaction, some of it's like... Yeah, your example, another example I think in the ad, and again, this is just me reading it, I refused to watch it because it was just so, people were so over the top. 
was like two kids roughhousing, and like uh, one of the dads like breaks it up. They stop the bullying, which is like uh, okay. Like a lot of this, I think people just go, well, re- yeah, men can be better. I suppose <laughs> everybody can be better. I know I can be better, but these are the examples you're giving. Well, uh, and I think it comes to this, and you hit the nail on the head, Brandon. Okay, it's when these big corporate marketing campaigns come out. And they're now very socially aware. It's like stop it. Well, wait, stop well, trying well, to sell me your Pepsi. Sell me your razor blades. Don't. Yeah, in particular, sell me your razor blades so I can end this what, what, hellish facade. What, 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 Get out of here. Wait a minute. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna steal from you, Joey. They're they're trying to sell to the the woke white people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think the other aspect of the strategy is show to the woke people mm. that they. We're cool with you. We're, it, we know the language. We know how to talk. We know the lingo. We're, we're, we're woke exactly. ourselves. Um, well, well, but, but here's what it also does. It stirs up controversy to where even the people who are pissed off at Gillette now, what are they posting about all over social media? What are we talking about right now? Gillette, 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 Gillette. And guess what it's t- doing to the person that's listening to, to the podcast or... To this live and make some think of it. I, I, exactly, well, it's kind of like Walmart. when Trump fed the Clemson football team Mc, McDonald's. Both my roommates came home with McDonald's. I don't know whether or not they saw the photo. <laughs> but and is that not the best sort of composite of Donald Trump? He's a cross between Liberace with the candelabras on the table and Ronald McDonald. Oh my God, <laughs> uh, Hamburglar. Brought to you by. What a week of shows. What a week of shows. Thank you, too. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, man. Exactly. Thanks for inviting me, man. And folks, don't tell me ever to smile.